Yes. So, um, uh, one thing about me that you may or may not know is that I am what you would call a heavy sleeper. Um, I, I have slept through not one, uh, but two earthquakes. Uh, it just like completely slept my way through them. Uh, the first one I was in the Philippines, I didn't know about the earthquake until the next morning. Uh, it was a Sunday morning. I'm meeting my friend Dennis at, a, at, at the uh, Mr. Donut in downtown Baguio City. And, and he's like, hey, did you feel that earthquake last night? And I'm like, what earthquake? Um, but the, 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 the earth shook. I was, I was completely oblivious to, you know, pe- you know, people had things fall off the wall. My, my apartment must have been just so sparsely clad that, 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 and, uh, and solid that I felt absolutely nothing. And so uh, uh, the second one uh, happened when we were in Chicago. And, and, and during this earthquake, I am, I am famous for, or, or shortly after, I am famous for having quoted that it was, it was just the squirrels jumping on the roof. Now, uh, what, what, what I was mean to say in my stupor is, is that uh, we, we had, the way our house was, uh, our bedroom was kind of one of the highest points of the house, and we had this tree off the corner of our bedroom, and the branches uh, uh, touched the roof of the house. What I meant to say was it was the branches scratching against the roof, but what came out was it was the squirrels jumping on the roof. And uh, I, I still deny that, um, but I am told uh, completely, you know, that, 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 that is exactly the words that came out of my mouth. Uh, I, I, I am, I'm a heavy sleeper. I, 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 you know, it, you know, if, if I had my way, if I needed an alarm, it would be set to like 10. Um, my wife would choke me out as soon as it went off. Uh, and so she, she's like, she's not a heavy sleeper. She's not so, you know, uh, so when we would, you know, we put, when the kids were younger, we put the kids to bed, you know, they, they would uh, do their thing. Um, and, and so, uh, they would get up in the middle of the night and she's she, some night she would get up and she would take care of them. And, and, and if that happened too many nights in a row, eventually I would get the, it's, it's your turn. It's your, or, or, or as they got older and they, be, they came into the room, uh, she learned to just straight ignore them, especially Josiah. Josiah would come in and like, Mom, Mom. Uh, and she, or she would go, go see your dad. And so I, she, he'd come around the, the bed and he'd go, dad. And I would just open up the covers. He'd crawl in. We'd sleep there for a while. I'd take him back to bed. The next morning, this guy would say, so, so what Josiah need? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, he slept with me for a while and I put him back to bed. He seemed fine. So, uh, hey, mm, I don't know. So <laughs> I, 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 but um, I say it's the power of a clean conscience. I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I it, it takes the, Trumpet call of God sometimes to wake me up in the morning. I am a heavy sleeper. So we've been talking about prayer and you're like, what does your sleeping habits have to do with prayer? Hold on to just kind of hold on to that for a little bit. We'll get to it. And hopefully it kind of makes some sort of sense in the end. Um, but G- Jesus says, we come to God like a good father. We come to God as our father. All good fathers long to, to give their children what they need, sometimes what they want, those things that we desire. He responds to us. We come to him with our hearts and we bear them before him. We say, God, can you, can you meet us in this? Can you help us in this? Can, and he responds to us. We can come to him at any time of day with, with uh, whatever concern is on our heart and he will hear us. He does not just sit there and go, uh, he doesn't just open up the sheets, let, let, you, let us crawl in and sit there. He responds to us. He, he cares for us no matter what the time of day is. But sometimes we bring to God small things, things that are well, and he's like, that, 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 that's peanuts, that's small. I want bigger things for you. 
Maybe you remember this. Uh, there was uh, a, a time when, uh, when uh, Israel was kind of torn between two gods and the prophet Elijah was, was, was helping to lead the people. And so they had this, he's like, he's like here's what we're going to do. We're going to have this huge confrontation on uh, this huge uh, kind of, uh, uh, turn into a confrontation. He's like, we're going to have this, this event on Mount Carmel. And what's going to be is we're going to both have, we're going to both build an altar. We're going to both put a bull on top of the altar and whichever God sends down fire first, he will be the God of Israel. The prophets of Baal are like, this is a good idea because we know that Baal is the real God. And so we're going to, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll do this. And so they like, it says like all of Israel, a bunch of people are up there on top of Mount Carmel. They're there for this, this thing. They're there for this showdown. And the prophets of Baal, Elijah, they both build their altars. They get their bulls ready. They put them on the altar. And Elijah goes, why don't you guys go first? I'll just let you guys go. If, if Baal calls, if Baal answers, man, I don't even have to try. Go first. And so the prophets of Baal, they prepare the, the, the bull, the, and they're dancing and singing and praying and calling out. The scripture says that they're like cutting themselves. They're, they, are, they're, they are going all out in their worship of Baal to get Baal to uh, respond with fire. And they've been going on for a while. I mean, this was like a really, really long worship service. And they're there and they're singing. And what scripture says is that at noon, Elijah begins to taunt them. Elijah starts to run some smack. What does he say? He says, hey, hey, why don't you guys shout louder? Right? Surely he is God, uh, but maybe he's just deep in thought. Maybe he's busy. Uh, he's, he's traveling. He's away. He's, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe it's Mike up there. He's sleeping and he must be awakened. You must call louder. And so they do. And you can just, Elijah's just taunting them, right? I mean, you, you, when I, whenever I read this, I start to giggle because I can just see Elijah just, Come on, more, more. And, and they just look ridiculous. And then finally he's like, hey, guys, guys, you've had your turn. And then he flexes a little bit more. What does he say? He says, hey, hey, why don't you guys go get some water and, and bring it up and, and, and just soak my sacrifice. Soak my altar, soak the, the bowl. Uh, there's this trench around the altar. Uh, he, they go down three times. And th- this thing is just so soaked that water fills the trench around the altar. And then Elijah simply prays, answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you Lord are God and you are turning their hearts back again. And what happens? Boom. Fire comes down. No more bull, no more altar, no more water. It's gone. See, sometimes we come to God with small prayers. And sometimes God wants us to come to him with things that are bigger, things about our heart, things he, he wants more from us. And sometimes we're just like, yeah, God, I'm good with this. And so sometimes our lack of prayer shows a lack of faith. It shows a lack of trust in God. And so we don't go all in. So, but what would it be like? What would it be like if we realized, if we lived with this reality that we have this instant access to the presence of God through prayer? It's our, that, that is really what it is. But sometimes we pretend that it's not. Like we have to make an appointment with God, right? I was like, well, God's really busy. He's got this thing. He's he, no, God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. And God does, God's not too busy to not give us complete access to him. And so Jesus explains this with a parable. 
The word parable literally means to throw alongside. So Jesus has been teaching, and as he's been teaching, he's going to tell this story to go alongside it to help it sink in that much more. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 9 through 13. Over the last month or so, we've been spending a lot of time with the Lord's prayer, the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6. The other place where that uh, same teaching is presented in the Gospels is in Luke chapter 11. So they're kind of told maybe in two slightly different places. You have in Matthew 6, it's told as part of the Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' most famous sermons. In Luke chapter 11, uh, Jesus has been teaching his disciples and, and, and they come to him and they say, Jesus, teach us, teach us to pray. And Luke records much the same words that, that Matthew does. And uh, uh, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your will be done. Your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as he finishes that prayer, as he finishes teaching them how to, how to pray to God in, in, in such simple terms as referring to him as father, he longs to have that relationship with us, how he longs to, 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 to um, uh, how he fights for his holiness, how he longs to make his kingdom come here through us and provide for us that you give us wisdom uh, to, to make it through each day and forgiveness and grace for those times when we fall short. And as he wraps up that prayer, Jesus continues and says this. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A, a friend of mine uh, is on a journey and has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And, and, and suppose that the one inside says, dude, don't bother me. Don't bother me. I was asleep and you had to wake me up. Don't bother me. The, the, the door is locked and my children and I are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. Because I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, that because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, uh, uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if, you, if your son asks for a fish, will give, you, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Jesus has taught them how to pray. And then begins to put that into some context. Maybe they were used to only going to God at certain times. We have this time for prayer and this time. For, but in between there's like God's shop is closed because he's got other things going on. Or he's, gonna, he's responding to those things. And Jesus is like, suppose you have a friend who comes to you at midnight. Now, if you come to my house at midnight, if I have gone to bed, you will get delirious, Mike. Right? Uh, here's another story of middle of the night, delirious, Mike. Um, maybe in, in your houses, uh, you have uh, interconnected uh, smoke alarms. 
And uh, so the house that we lived in in Charlotte, we had interconnected smoke alarms and uh, my brother-in-law was living with us. And one night uh, these uh, smoke alarms decided to malfunction one of them. And when one of them malfunctions, they all malfunction. And so uh, John and Eskia, they get up and they immediately start trying to, I get up and you know, that one smoke alarm that's a little bit too close to the kitchen that sometimes goes off when you overcook dinner. And what do you do? You get up, you, when you, you, it's not a real fire. And so you, they just, you, know, like you, you kind of wave the air around it and it, it goes off. I get up and I'm like, I'm going to fix this. So I grab my pillow, walk to the closest smoke alarm and start waving. I wave once about fall down and realize I am no help. I go back to bed. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Mike, we could use your help. Whoa. <laughs> I'm asleep. And so, uh, and I suppose you can, if you come to my house at midnight and I've not gone to bed yet, we're just fine. Cause I, I can, but if I'm asleep, you're what, what you need? You go to, you go to this friend and you say, Hey, Hey man, I need three loaves of bread. I need three loaves. Of bread. And you're like, dude, did you not see the clock? Do you not see what time it is? Maybe you gotta get up early in the morning. You're like, well, what is this? He, he comes to his friend at midnight and says, Hey man, I need some food because I have this friend who came to me in the middle of the night. Now, back then, and even today, but back then, especially hospitality was really, really important. Hospitality, hospitality was like super important, or even more important than maybe we would even realize. We're thinking, well, can't they just stop at a hotel? Can't they just go to an inn? And, and that really wasn't the Jewish way of doing things. Uh, it was more of a, there were inns and, and hotel type things in, in, in the Roman world, but they were more of a brothel thing instead of like, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, a, a, a days in, you know, holiday inn kind of thing. It was, it was not a place that, that, that well meaning people ought to go, especially it, they really line up with the Jewish idea of morality. And so it was common for people as they would travel, if it was getting late in the evening, they would just show up in town. And they would show up kind of in the middle of the, the, the kind of the, the town center and, and either ask or people would say, Hey, do you need a place to stay? They, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're traveling. We just need a place to stay for that. Hey, come to my house, come to my house. And it was common that they would, people would be, would invite them into their homes unless there was no room for them in the guest quarters. Maybe you remember hearing that in a, another story from, from Luke. And so hospitality was huge. It was important. Yeah, like so much so that if one person was hosting somebody, it wasn't just their friends and, and their company, it was the whole community's company. And so they, people wouldn't just, you know, stay out in the middle of the field. They, they, they'd be vulnerable to thieves and other bad characters. And so they would come in, they would stop, and they'd be invited in. And so these people have been traveling for, for long hours on foot. And, and I, I don't know, you know where they were going or how far they were trying to travel. And maybe they were like my dad. My dad was like, hey, we can, we can get like just a few more miles down the road. We can get just a few more miles down the road. And then one time we buzzed through a rest area. And dad's like, that's too many more miles down the road. We just got to get off somewhere. And so they were, they were going, and maybe they were hoping to get to a certain spot. Like we just, maybe they had some donkey trouble. Uh, you know, they, they, maybe, the, the, maybe the kids just weren't complying. You know, you, don't make me come back there, right? You, you, you've been on those road trips. You know, maybe they had to pull off to the side of the road a number of different times. Um, and 
they get in late. They get in at midnight. I'm like, man, that is just rude. In this culture, not so much. What would have been rude is that when they show up at midnight, not to have food for them. And we're like, man, couldn't you have just stopped at Chick-fil-A? Like, it's just, just, just there was no Chick-fil-A. You know, Jesus loved chicken, but, um, but they didn't have that back then. And so, but for us, he's like, they, they, they get there like, hey, friend, loan me, loan me three loaves of bread. Yeah, I, I, I smelled you guys. You guys were doing your baking for the week today. We're, we're, we're getting to, we're, we're going to get to ours, but man, we have no food to serve them. Can I, can I get three loaves of bread? As he's guest, he has no food to save face. He goes to his neighbor. Say, help me out here. And the guy responds, dude, leave me alone, right? It's midnight. It's midnight. Leave me alone. Do not bother me. The door is locked. My children are in bed with me. They, oftentimes back then there was like a, like a one room house. And so that room was like everything. It was the kitchen. It was the living room. It was the dining room. It was the bedroom. And so at the end of the night, they would roll out this mat and they would all sleep together on the same mat. And this guy's like, you know, he, he was nice enough not to knock on the door. Right. Because even in first century Palestine, they still had the rule. Don't wake the baby. Right. You know, maybe you had, yeah. And so he's like, he's like, oh, oh wait, I'm not, not going to knock. I'm like, hey, 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 can you give me some bread? Can you help me out? He's like, shut up. I'm sleeping. Don't bother me. We're, we're all here. Don't wake the baby. My wife will kill you. Right? That's the kind of conversation that, that that's in the Greek, well, well, in the subtext that they just said, oh. But you can imagine that conversation, right? You can imagine this guy, you go, man, you, man you, you, you're, you're pretty brave going to him at midnight when everybody's asleep asking for bread. And Jesus says, he eventually gets him and gives him bread. Why? Not because he's his friend. Because at this point, that friendship's out the window, right? We friends, we're boys no longer. No, but it's because he has this shameless audacity. He is, he, he is willing to break all social convention. And come to him boldly. And he goes, he knows that it's not just to save his face, but to save the face of the community. He will give whatever is needed. He'll give whatever is needed so his friend can serve those who are staying with him. Because we'd be like, dude, come back in the morning. You can have all the bread you want. But no, he gives him the bread there. See, there's this, he almost has, he's like this lack of understanding about what is proper. This shameless audacity. Gentlemen, it's like waking your wife up at three in the morning so you can tell her happy anniversary. It's probably not going to go well for you. Not getting you, hey, it's our anniversary. Hey, babe, happy anniversary. Shut up. I'm trying to sleep, right? Not, I mean, unless she's getting up at three in the morning, you know. You don't want to, that, that's not, that, that, that will not go well with you. But both the man and, the, and his neighbor know that in this culture, that visitor is a visitor of the entire community. So he didn't want to, the man didn't want to ask his friend for bread, but he's like, I got no bread. We must serve them so they can experience hospitality and not, you know, be ashamed to this entire uh, community. See, many of Jesus' parables, many of them give us a picture of who God is. The kingdom of heaven is, is like, it's kind of one-to-one comparison. 
You look and you see uh, uh, the, the king and when, when he's like the, the sheep and the goats. You see uh, uh, when uh, in, in certain parables, it's like, oh, that, that is obviously the picture, a picture of God. And in this, the, the, the picture we see of God here is not one of comparison. I mean, God's not like, shut up, I'm trying to sleep. No, no, no. It's a picture of contrast. That even though this man who is sinful, is, is, is weak, is, is flawed, he will get up and do the right thing. And if God, if, if us, if we who are sinful, if we who are flawed know how to do the right thing, how much more will God respond and do the right thing for us? How much more will our loving Heavenly Father give everything we need, especially the Holy Spirit? If we know how to do the right thing, how much more our perfect Father in heaven? And so you look at this entire context, right? So we've looked at the model prayer in Matthew. If you just glance your eyes up above the text today, you see the model prayer in Luke. And so how do we put that together? We see how does this fall right after the model prayer? See, why does, why does God answer prayer? Warren Wiersbe said this, when God's people pray, God's reputation is at stake. Remember when we, when we, we talked about how be your name, that God fights for his holiness. That, that, that as Israel would go astray, God would, uh, w- w- instead of being aligned with his people, he would send a nations against them. Because he's like, he's like, they are not acting. I don't want the world to think that that's how I, ex- that that's the uh, behavior and worship that I accept. And so Northern kingdom went away. Uh, the Southern kingdom went away. And, and when they came back, they were radically different. Instead of worshiping other idols, they were, they, they so were focused on their worship of God that they elevated Torah above anything else. Like, well, we're, we're going to overemphasize God's word. And so they began to create other layers of belief, other layers of law to protect you know, he's like, oh, it says, it says, you must keep the Sabbath. Well, what, what does, you know, we can't work on the Sabbath. What does that mean? What well, means you, you can't walk this far? Yeah, you, yeah, you can, you can make sure that your animals are fed, but, you know, if your, you know, ox falls in a ditch, yeah, you can help them out. But Jesus couldn't heal somebody. You, can, can we do good to someone else on the Sabbath? Is it? Nope, that'd be work. They began to put those layers of, of, uh, of misunderstanding around the text. Jesus, God will fight for his holiness. And by not responding to our re- the requests of his children, that would be a blot against his name. And so, but sometimes we're like, but, but does, does God answer me? I, sometimes it feels like I, I pray and God isn't, does, God doesn't hear me. He doesn't seem to be responding to me. See, when we, we approach God. Sometimes when we approach God, we, we, we try to just come to him out of friendship. Come to him out of friendship. Like we're, we're asking a, a, a help from a friend. We're asking a favor from a friend. But we, we don't come to God out of friendship. We come to God out of sonship. That we are sons and daughters of God. That we are made in his image. So we can come boldly before him because he is a good father. And he takes care of his children. 
because he's a good father. And so sometimes your kids will come to you with a request that you know is just not, they're not ready for it. It's either a obnoxious B just impossible or, or, or it's like, Hey, it's just not a good time. Like it's either never going to happen. It might happen or, or it's going to happen at some point. And sometimes that's how God is. We come to God we, we, and, and he's not saying no. He's just saying, mm, you're not quite ready for that. Josiah comes to me and says, hey, dad, can I drive? Mm, no. Um, <laughs> it's not because you're not going to someday. It's just that that would not be a wise decision right now. You're not ready for it. Sometimes we ask God things and he's like, mm, you're not getting the keys to that. He takes care of us. The way he takes care of his children is a witness to the world that he can be trusted. Richard Trench said this prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven, but getting God's will to be done on earth. It is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. See, sometimes we come to God with our Christmas list, right? Hey, God, give me this. I want that. Bless me, Lord, I pray. But God looks down and goes, that's not healthy. That's not going to be helpful. And that's going to cause you to have pride. And, and that's not going to bear witness to my name. And so prayer isn't just about getting our will done in heaven, like getting God to, to rubber stamp and okay everything that we want. But it's getting God's will to be done on earth. And so as we meet with him, as we, as we sit with our father, we have this opportunity to, to listen. We have this opportunity to to, 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 to uh, be changed, to be molded. We open up scripture and we read, and it reflects back to us what God's desire is for us. How we might need to change, how we might need to adapt. See, learning to be bold and persistent in prayer is not so much about, getting, about changing God's mind, but getting us to a place where we can trust his answer to us. We can trust that God knows what is best for us. So what can we take home from this parable? One, we need to start praying bold, audacious prayers. We need to go to God like that man going to his buddy at midnight. We, we, we need to be willing to pray bold, audacious prayers. This man does not apologize to his neighbor. There's no apology. Hey man, sorry I'm waking you up. Do you have some bread you can loan me? No. He's like, man, I'm in trouble. Can you help me? I, I, he never says, man, I didn't mean to wake you. Sorry. Tried to, didn't want to wake up the kids. He just lays it out there. I have a guest. I have no food. Give me your bread. So we need to start praying bold, audacious prayers. In that, kind of caveat, the second part of that is, we need to stop praying safe prayers. Stop praying safe prayers. Prayers. Prayers for health are fine. I think God wants, God, God's desire is that our bodies would, would work and function properly. But each day as we seem to get older, there are certain aches and pains that we begin to wonder, is this just temporary? Or is this one that I'm going to have to live with for a while, right? Is this my new friend or is this just a visitor? And, but sometimes most of our prayers are about health. Health here, health there. And prayers for health are fine, but they are safe and they are superficial. 
And so when we remember, we can go boldly to the throne of grace through the blood of Jesus. I think God wants to hear more about us than just our bodies. So James, the brother of Jesus, he said this, he goes, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. Here's you don't have because you don't ask. You don't, you, you, you should ask for wisdom. You don't have wisdom because you're not asking for wisdom. You're asking for, Hey, I got this hangnail. Hey, my, you know, my neighbor's knee isn't working quite right. God was like, I want to give you more than just health. I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you spiritual power. I want to give you my presence, more of my presence in your life. But sometimes we're scared. Reminds me from, about the scene from the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Children just get to Narnia. And there's this talk of Aslan. Aslan's on the move. Aslan's this lion. And one of the children asks the beavers. Aslan safe? The lion safe? There's a reason why they put that big gully between the lion cage and you, right? I mean, the li- li- lions are not lap, you know, cats, are they? And beavers go, no. He isn't safe, but he is good. And we come to a God who is not safe, who does not uh, find glory in things that are safe, but he is good. And he wants more from us. And so he's like, I, I want more than just your health. I want your heart. I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you my presence so you can be active. So that you can grow. So that you can go. So you can accomplish my mission. But sometimes we settle for safe because we forget that God is good. We live with a scarcity mindset. You see that, that, that maybe God Maybe God won't respond. That, that maybe he, he's going to run out and that he won't have enough supply for us. So maybe we need a little more shameless audacity. So what bold prayer, what bold request do you need to make this week? Can you make of God? Can I tell you this? You might be the answer to your own prayer. You see, sometimes we want to pray this prayer. God, uh, help you know, reach everybody in Hagerstown. And then like sit back and wait and go, who are you bringing, God? And God's like, I'm sending you. You might be the answer to your own prayer. And so maybe that's why we don't pray bold prayers. It's like, I prayed for patience once, and then God put me in a position where I had to learn I had to be patient. And I didn't like that so much. We, we were in this you know, immediate gratification and we just want it to happen. But maybe, maybe if you pray bold prayers, we, we realize that God's going to move us. That you might be the answer to your own prayer. Here's another thing. You might be the answer to someone else's prayer. You might be the answer to someone else's prayer. That maybe God's putting you in a position. God's, God's given you certain abilities, given you certain uh, opportunities. And God's putting you in a position to answer someone else's prayer. And so maybe through our obedience, we get to help someone else's faith grow and develop. So maybe as we are praying and we put ourselves in a position before God, 
it might also be a position for us to move and to do something beyond what we think that we're even able to do. So the question is, are you ready to go big? Or are we just going to sit at home? We're going to go big or we're going to go home. Are you ready to see just how much God loves you, what he has in store for you? Because what we need to do as, as a church, not just a church here, but even a church global, is we need to get bold and pray big. We need to get bold and pray big because God is not honored with small prayers. But God loves to answer the big, hairy, audacious prayers of his people. So here's my challenge for you this week. is to pray one big, hairy, audacious prayer every day this week. What prayer have you been scared to pray? What, what, what prayer feels like that midnight request for bread? That you're like, God's going to laugh at me. That's, gonna, that's ridiculous. There's no way that God's going to hear and respond to that. What's one big, hairy, audacious prayer that you need to pray? And maybe it's the same one every day. Maybe it's a new one every day. You, maybe, maybe you've got a list and you've been storing it up and you're like, you've not felt uh, uh, that, that you have the opportunity, that you've not felt you've had the um, uh, ability, the permission to pray that big. Don't settle for safe, impotent prayers. Because when God's people pray, his reputation is at stake. And we can approach God because he is our loving heavenly father who delights in granting our requests. He longs to hear from his children. And he wants to tell the world how much he loves them by working in and through our lives. And maybe, just maybe, we're not seeing God move because we've been playing it too safe. We've been sent back too much. We've been like, we'll let somebody else take care of that. I'm too busy. I like it safe here in this bubble. But just a casual reading of the book of Acts, the early church was not safe. I mean, they prayed and there was an earthquake. I'm pretty sure I would have felt that earthquake. Uh, They prayed and the room shook. They prayed and Peter was miraculously released from prison. And people died for their faith. But every time, every every so often, Luke just kind of gives you this little catch-up moment, right? The church grew. And the church grew and the church grew and the church grew. Why? Because they prayed big, hairy, audacious prayers. And they waited to see how God was going to respond. And sometimes that was them moving and doing something. And sometimes it was sent back and watching someone else do something, them going, look at how God's using them. So maybe God's just waiting for us to take the first step, to pray the prayer and be willing to go. And if we pray and are willing to go, what might God do through us to impact our community and to help them see his glory? Maybe today, maybe today the, your prayer is that God would meet you in this place. See, God's greatest desire for you is that you would come to repentance, 
and know his grace and forgiveness in your life. So maybe today you need to make Jesus your savior, that you would become his son or daughter. And maybe today you need to take that big step and say, my life is no longer about me. It's about making Jesus great. That's a big step. That's a big prayer about how God wants to use us, wants to use you to accomplish something great, to accomplish his mission. Maybe for you, it's that step to use your giftedness. And we talked all week with the kids. We're made for this. What are, you, what are we made for? Maybe it's, maybe it's athletics. Maybe it's, God has made us to move. God's made us to be creative. And how through all the moving and the creativity, how has God wired us and what positions he put us in? That we can make him great. Maybe it's another step you need to take. As you've been listening, you're thinking through whatever big, hairy, audacious prayer you need to pray this week. Maybe, maybe there's a different step that you need to take. And we'd love for you to let us know. We're using the connection card at cchmd.com slash connect and marking the appropriate box that, that you would, we, we, we want to pray for you and pray with you and, and help empower you and, and release you to do that thing that God has put in your heart to do. Maybe today you just need prayer with someone. You need to talk with someone face to face today. I'll be in the back after the service. We can talk and See what God's doing in you. We can pray that God would begin to move in our midst. May this week be the start of something. So maybe the start of some bold prayers that we will begin to see God answer for us in our lives individually, in this place communally, in our community, as we begin to see God move. May we pray, pray prayers that bring glory to God and advance his mission here on earth. Let me pray for us. Father, sometimes our prayers are way too safe. Often our prayers are way too safe. Comes to you with small things when you desire so much more. Father, you made us. You have good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. And we're comfortable sitting on the couch eating popcorn. So father, would you begin to put us in motion? May we be a people that move. But before we move, may we be a people that pray, pray boldly, pray big, hairy, audacious prayers. Father, prayers that are, that would be impossible for us to accomplish unless you're a part of it. Father, prayers that, Cry you to show up. So much of our faith and so much of our mission, so much of what we do, we can do without your presence. We've just kind of put it on cruise control and we do this and we do that. And look what, look what I did. Father, may it no longer be about me. May it no longer be about us. But might you show up. And Father, if you don't show up, may we not move until you move. Father, like the pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, Father, would you set out and go before us? That we would move as you move. That we would go as you go. 
And Father, we pray and experience and, and wait for your presence. And as we go, Father, would you be made great? Father, we would just be, just be your vessels. We would just be your children. We'd long to see how you want to move among us. Father, pray that you would renew our relationship with you. That again, we would come, we would realize that we are your children. The children of the great God and King, the creator of the universe. Father, you would meet us each day. Walk with us each day. Renew us each day. Father, may we come to you boldly. And may you use us to advance your mission here on earth. Father, we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you are here in the house with us today, we have lunch right next door. And so we are going to have the uh, Great American Indoor Picnic. Uh, and so uh, uh, we, we've got all kinds of food and goodies over there. Uh, so uh, if you don't have anywhere to go for lunch, you can stay here for lunch. And we would uh, be like, I didn't bring anything. That's okay. I'm sure we got plenty of food. And so uh, uh, we're going to do that. If not, if you need to get somewhere uh, and need to step out today, that's all right, too. We hope you have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you again uh, next Sunday.